Hello, church. It is so great to be gathered with you online again today. We are in a series that I'm calling I Got You. And the idea is that no matter what you go through in your life, no matter how terrible it is or how terrible things are, we serve a God that says, I got you. In other words, I'll be with you. I won't abandon you. I'll make a way for you, even when there doesn't seem to be a way. And I think right now in America, many people need to hear God say to them, I got you. And so if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Psalm chapter 27. Uh, The title of today's sermon is In the Day of Trouble. And I think that you would agree that we are in some troubling times in our country. The coronavirus has changed our life. It shut down our schools and all of our sporting events. And in the midst of this global pandemic, we've watched an African-American man named George Floyd die in police custody. It was wrong and the police officers involved need to be held accountable. Uh, This injustice has led to some peaceful protests, but also some violent protests. People who seek to unite, but many who seek to divide. And so we're experiencing some troubling times right now. And when we face trouble in our life, it seems that all of our fears race to the front of our attention. They race to the front of our heart, our mind. That's sometimes all we can think about. Think about it. When there's trouble between white people and black people, there's the fear that racism, that the fear that justice won't be served. When there's trouble with, you know, a global disease, there's fear that we're all going to get sick or, you know, we're all going to lose our jobs. In our marriage, when there's trouble, we fear that we're going to lose the relationship. And in Psalm 27, we read a courageous song about trusting in God. And so the Psalm shows us how we can overcome our fear and and why we can trust in God to deliver us from whatever it is that we face in life. But the reality is fear is a very powerful emotion in our life. I remember when my daughter Brooke was three years old, she was terrified of mascots and uh, we went to a lot of basketball games. So it didn't matter if it was a UT game or a high school game, uh, whenever Smokey came out, whenever the school mascot came out in, the con- in their uh, costume, she would be terrified. I mean, she would be, uh, you know, hanging out, running around, having a great time. But then the mascot would come up and start high-fiving people and she would sprint to her daddy's lap and she would not budge and, and she wouldn't take her eyes off the mascot. I mean, the mascot could be, you know, a hundred feet away on the other side of the gym, but baby, she was locked in on him. She would not take her eyes. She was terrified. Um, I think about that and, and, and I'm reminded that it's easy for us to get fixated on our fears and ignore facts, ignore logic. And, you know, as kids, we, we fear mascots and monsters under our bed. But as we get older, our fears begin to mature. We start to fear sickness and financial ruin and embarrassment and and even death. And, and, uh, you know, not all of our fears, though, are actually bad. I mean, I think there's at least two kinds of fears. There's there's fear that is good, or you might call them healthy fears. Uh, You know, we don't drive 200 miles per hour on the interstate uh, because we have a healthy fear of speeding. Uh, We don't pick up rattlesnakes. There's a healthy fear there. We don't jump off the side of the buildings. At least most people don't because of that healthy fear. Uh, But there is also a fear that is harmful. And this is what the Bible calls the spirit of fear. So in 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. And so in that passage of scripture, Paul is saying the spirit of fear can paralyze you and it can keep you from doing the things that you should or could be doing. 
So harmful fear then is, is more than just a terrible emotion. It's actually a spiritual enemy. And Satan is a master at using those fears to ruin your life. He uses that spirit of fear to really, if you're taking notes, number one, make your life miserable. That's what he wants to do with those fears. Uh, there was a lady who died in 1916 named Hetty Green. And she was called America's greatest collector. And when she died in 1916, she left an estate valued at over $100 million. But she was so frugal and so tight with her money uh, that she did a lot of odd things. She, she only ate cold oatmeal in order to save the expense of, of heating up the water. Uh, once her son uh, really severed his leg and, and had a severe leg injury and uh, she took so long to find a free clinic to treat him that his leg began to experience an advanced infection. And by the time they got to the clinic, uh, his leg had to be amputated. Uh, she feared losing her wealth and she wasn't able to actually enjoy her life. We can be so afraid of losing something that you never enjoy your life. Fear can make life miserable. The spirit of fear can also lead you to an unproductive life. And so the enemy doesn't want you to influence people for Christ. He doesn't want your spiritual life to bear any fruit. He doesn't want you to help race relations. He wants you to be quiet. Uh, he wants you to be afraid of everything. Uh, fear keeps us from reaching out to unbelievers. Fear keeps us from um, uh, locked up in our homes. And, and so fear is just a strong uh, spiritual enemy in our life. And when fears are strong, we believe the worst is always going to happen. And we don't allow ourselves to live by faith or to trust God. And now even believers can be held captive by spirit of fear. We can be paralyzed by worry and anxiety and we can fuel that anxiety by watching the news constantly and scrolling our social media feeds. And it leads to a lack of peace in your life. You're always afraid and always thinking about that worst case scenario. The spirit of fear and, 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 and God says there is a better way. We struggle with that spirit of fear, but God is saying there is a better way. Uh, you and I always are gonna be in this battle against our fears, but, but God's word is a weapon that will help you overcome them. And so let's read about it in Psalm chapter 27. We'll start here in verse one, where he says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me, to eat up my flesh, my adversary, adversaries and foes. It is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Now keep your Bibles open. We're gonna continue to read this chapter, but here in the first three verses, if you're taking notes, he's telling us how to overcome our fears and how to trust in God. And he says, this is how you can do it. You can rely on the power of God. We don't need to fear because essentially this is who God is. He says, God is my light. Now in the Bible, darkness represents evil and trouble, but God's light shows us that the, the, the light, his light brings us joy and, and it leads us to righteous living. And so in other words, he shows us how to live. His, his light illuminates our path. 
He says that this God, our God is my salvation, which means that the Lord has, de- has delivered him and he's saved him. And, and we can look to our God as, as our deliverer as well. It's the Lord that gives you victory over the day of trouble in your life. He says that God is my strength, which means God will protect you. He will provide safety in the day of trouble. He's not He's not uh, saying that God's gonna build up your biceps so that you can be strong for yourself. No, he's saying God is strong. God is your strength. He's the safe refuge. He's the place of protection and safety for your life in times of trouble. And, And because God is our light, because he's our salvation, he's our strength, we don't have to be afraid when we face trouble. It doesn't mean that we're completely free from fears, but but by expressing our faith in God, we actually decrease the power of those fears in our heart. In verses two and three, he says, when enemies come against me, I've seen God cause them to stumble. I've seen God destroy or frustrate their efforts against me. You see, your confidence in uh, the Lord is gonna grow when you remember what he's done for you in the past. You might write it down like this. The God who delivered you in your past is the God who can handle your problems today. God has been faithful to you. Think about what he has done. Remember uh, those times in your life where he came through for you. Uh, Think about it. Uh, Remember that relationship that ended and you thought your life was over, the world was ending? Uh, You know, guess what happened? You're still here. It didn't destroy you. It didn't ruin you. Why? because your God is your light. He is your deliverer. He's your strength. And it was his power that got you through it then. So guess what? He's gonna get you through the next problem you face as well. So what does David do here to help him get through the situation? What helps him rely on God's power? And we gotta remember here that David wrote about God's faithfulness. So uh, he is writing this down through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's writing about God's faithfulness. And I just wanna ask you this question. Have you ever tried that when you're afraid, when you're stressed or when you're worried? I think it's helpful to start writing down how faithful God has been to you over the years. Uh, David is writing a song here. Don't forget that. The the Psalms are actually songs. And so David uh, sang about God's faithfulness. And and, uh, I want to encourage you to do the same when you face the day of trouble in your life. Write about God's faithfulness and sing about God's faithfulness. And as you write and as you sing and as you speak that in faith, you'll be blown away by the courage the Lord will give to you. He'll use that to grow your faith in him every time. I love how Isaiah 42 uh, talks about this idea. Uh, Isaiah says, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, God says, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up for I am the Lord, your God. He's saying God is faithful. And while you walk through the fire, you won't be destroyed. The water's gonna be deep, but you're not gonna drown. God is gonna be faithful in your life. Did you realize that there are 365 fear knots in the Bible? That's one for every day of the year. I think it's clear. God is saying, listen, I got you. You don't need to be afraid. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna strengthen you. I'll support you when you feel overwhelmed. You might write it down like this. 
the stronghold of fear will begin to dissipate when you focus on God's power in you and God's faithfulness to you. Now, when, when, I'm, when I'm focusing on this power that is within me and when I'm focused on the faithfulness that God has provided to me, then my fears begin to dissipate. My focus is changing. My focus is off of all the things that are gonna go wrong and can go wrong and, 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 and how it's such a big problem that we don't see how God is actually gonna fix it. I gotta get my mind and my attention off of that and I gotta get my focus on God's power within me and I gotta be reminded of God's faithfulness to me. Jesus said it like this, don't worry about tomorrow for each day it has enough trouble of its own. You know, fortunately, the future doesn't come to you all at once. It comes one day at a time. You, you don't have to face all the rest of your life and all the problems of your, of your life tomorrow. You, you only have to face tomorrow. And God says, he's gonna give you the strength for each day. And, and even better, some of us need it every hour and every second of the day. And, and the good news is he's going to provide that for you one day at a time. God says, when you're overwhelmed, I promise you, I'll be there to support you. I'll strengthen you. I'll be your strength. And you don't need to be afraid. All right, let's go back to Psalm 27 and let's go to verse four where he's, he continues. David says, one thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon the rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. He, he tells us how to overcome fear and how to trust in God by simply saying, you can count on God's presence. In the day of trouble, David is seeking the presence of God. He knows that God is with him. In verse four, he's saying, listen, there's one thing that I'm asking for, God. And uh, some people believe uh, David is writing this Psalm at the time of his life when he was banished from Jerusalem and King Saul was trying to kill him. And so David is grieving the fact that he can't go to the temple and worship God. He, he's banned from the city, he can't go there. Now remember, the presence of God was literally dwelling in the temple. And the temple was where you had to go to make sacrifices to God and essentially worship God. If you couldn't go there, then you couldn't properly worship God. And, and so David wasn't able to go. He wasn't able to participate. And so he's saying in this day of trouble, what I really need, I, I need one thing. I need to be in the presence of God. And listen, in your day of trouble, that's exactly what you need as well. You need to be in the presence of God. And you know, as followers of Christ, we know that the spirit is within us. And as we connect to God in prayer, as we open up his word, we're drawing near to his presence and near to his spirit. And when we're connecting with other believers who have the spirit of God in their life, we are drawing near the presence of God. You know, I know when things are difficult for me, the, the most life-giving thing I can do is to get alone with God, 
get away from distractions, go into my room, open up the word of God and, and just talk to the Lord in prayer. Um, I also need to be around God's people. I experience God's presence when I'm, I'm with the people of God that encourage me, that I get to encourage. And, and that's really why the last three months have been so difficult for us. We've been able uh, to gather together online, but uh, we haven't been able to actually be in the room together. And I, I think that's part of some of this emotional and spiritual uh, weakness that we have right now. And it's interesting uh, in this uh, Psalm that David wasn't able to go to church. And, and here we are, we haven't been able to gather together uh, in our, our, our church. And you know what? I, I can't wait to gather with you. In fact, I long for us to worship together. It's, it's been great to be online together and I'm thankful that we have the technology uh, to be able to do this, but I can't wait to meet again. And one of the things uh, I've missed most during this whole coronavirus thing is just being able to sing together and worship together in the same room. And uh, I, I try to sing in my living room, but everybody in my family gets a headache and they don't like it. So I had to, had to, had to, had to bring it back some. And, um, if you haven't heard yet, uh, we are gonna be gathering soon. And uh, we posted a video on our website that, that you can go and, and uh, you can watch, but I'm excited to start preparing for our first day to gather in person on July 5th. That weekend is gonna be a great weekend to celebrate our nation's freedom. And we're also gonna be celebrating our freedom to gather in person again. You can go to our website, watch the video where we give some more details on that. Well, in verse four, he says, the whole purpose of going to the temple is to seek God, right? Uh, the Hebrew word uh, for seek there means literally to plow into. Now listen, in the day of trouble, you need to plow into the word of God. You need to plow into worship. Now think about it. So often you might find yourself kind of falling asleep five minutes into reading the Bible. We get distracted, we get tired. But seeking the Lord is like plowing the ground. I'm sure most of you didn't plow a field by your you know, own hands this week, but maybe you worked in your own garden. Uh, plowing is hard work. It's, it's focused and it's intense work. And so he says, in the day of trouble, I'm gonna be seeking the Lord in prayer. I'm gonna be focused and intense as I plow into his presence. In verse six, he says, it's when I'm in prayer and when I'm in worship that my head will be lifted up. You know, in the scripture, when you're grieving, when you're depressed, your head is said to be bowed down. But when your head is lifted, it means that your joy has been restored. And so he's saying, as I seek the Lord in prayer and study, as I plow into his presence and into his word, he will restore my joy and give me strength. He reminds us in verse six, this is a, a, a song. He says, I'm gonna make melody, I'm gonna sing. And he's saying on the day of trouble, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna make music, I'm gonna worship God while I'm facing this trial. Uh, you know, we wrote a song called Ahead of Time and released it a couple of weeks ago. And the idea of the song, and we've, we've sung it uh, together, um, it, it, the idea is that I'm gonna praise you, God, ahead of time. In other words, before you actually give me the breakthrough, before you even answer me, I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna worship you because in this storm, in this trouble, uh, while I face this day of trouble, I know that you will work all things out from my good. And so part of our day of trouble, man, we need to sing. We need to press into God. And that's where our strength, he says, is going to return. Let's keep going here in verse seven. He says, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, 
be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. You know what he's saying here in order to overcome your fear and trust in God? He's telling us that you can cast your worries onto God. He says, hear my voice, Lord. You know, hear my cry for help. You see, uh, prayer is one of David's weapons to overcome fear and to trust God. And, and now David is casting all of his worries onto God. It's what 1 Peter 5, 7 teaches us to do. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now in the day of trouble, that needs to be a part of your routine. As soon as all of the anxiety rushes into your brain, into your heart, into your life, it is, it, that, that should be a trigger for you that it's time to cast all of these worries onto my God. I can't carry this load. I've got to cast it onto him. And as I do, he returns my joy. He returns my strength. Now what's interesting starting in verse seven is that there is a shift in David's focus. The first six verses, David is saying, God, you are my light. You're my salvation. I can trust you. You know, he's super confident. I'm, I'm not gonna fear, you know, I'm with you, God, you're with me. And uh, in verse seven, a switch happens. Uh, David's like, God, can you hear me? God, don't, don't hide me from your presence. Are you there, God? Are you, are you gonna abandon me, God? There, there's a switch. And uh, because of this switch in tone, there's a lot of scholars that believe that this actually was two different songs that were combined together. But I actually don't think that's the case. I, I think it's one song because the truth is we've all experienced this switch in our life. You've experienced the switch, right? You're living your life. God is good. Praise Jesus. Hey, how you doing? Doing wonderful. Uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. The phone rings. Somebody drops a bomb on you and boom, in a moment, you feel like my life is over, right? There's a switch. Uh, things are great. Man, kids are good. Love you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Then you scroll Instagram and you see the news. You see something that's happened and boom, your joy is replaced with fear. And immediate, you, immediately you're like, God, are you here? God, are you there? Right? The switch happens in our life all the time. We're living by faith. Things are great. We're going to church. Everything's, you know, it seems to be moving forward. And then boom, the switch happens. Coronavirus hits and changes everything. Boom, an African-American man is killed and riots break out. The switch happens and we, grow and we go from living in faith to living in fear. And fear just has a way of showing up in our life without warning. The switch happened to you when you lost your job. The switch happened for you when your, your boyfriend up and left you or, or maybe your husband left you. Uh, maybe a loved one died and the switch happened. You went from faith to fear in a matter of seconds. What do you do after that? Do you fight or do you give up? See, the fight between faith and fear is a battle that you have to be willing to fight. You can't sit in fear. You can't sit in shame. And so in verse 10, he kind of begins to come back around and he says, God, I know you're faithful. Even if my parents abandoned me, I know that my God loves me and he's always gonna be present in my life. The Lord will never abandon me and he will always be 
my helper. And see, he has to come back around after the switch. He has to be reminded of God's faithfulness and he declares that to God in prayer. All right, let's keep going. Verse 11 here. He says this, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Now, this is amazing how he, how he continues to teach us that here's how you can overcome your fear. Here's how you can overcome this fear and how you can continue to press into God's power and God's presence. He says, you can count on God's blessing to come. You can count on it. The goodness of God is coming in your life. Today might be a day of trouble, but I know I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord again. He's decided what to do when fear strikes in his life. He's gonna count on the Lord to bless him in the days ahead. And you and I have to trust that that time is going to come as well. When when we're afraid though, it's, it's gonna be hard to believe that God's blessing is coming. We can be so discouraged from life that we think it's never going to get better. Uh, but this is where faith comes into play. You can believe the word of God and you can believe that his blessing is going to come. In verse 13, he says, he knows he will see the blessing in the land of the living. In other words, in this present life, that's what the land of the living means, this present life life. And he knows he's going to see better days. He knows it. He's, he's, he knows that he's going to be delivered from his trouble and that God's blessing is going to come. And in the meantime, he's saying in verse 14, wait for it. We know what this concept means. If, if you've been around at FC, you remember a sermon series we called the waiting room. And we know that in the waiting room, you might not hear God's answer or he may not answer you the way that you want him to. You may not see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but the waiting room means that you'll have to endure this pain for a season. It might last longer than you want. It might hurt more than you like, but if you trust the Lord and seek the Lord while you wait, you experience a whole new level of maturity and blessing on the other side. And so David's point is when you face the day of trouble, you need to wait on the Lord and focus on his power and his word and his promise to bring you blessing. Now, most of us, most of us just wanna focus on our fears. And when we focus on our fears, the fruit is gonna be unrest, stress, worry, ulcers. But when we meditate on God's promises, his character, eventually the fears will be replaced with truth. But this power just isn't automatic. I know many believers who are defeated by their fears. It's not automatic just because you're a believer just to overcome this. So there are some things that that we need to do that we need to plow into as we seek the Lord. And the first thing that I would say, if you wanna take some more notes is we have to admit that we're afraid. And so I have to, I, I must admit that I'm afraid. We have to say, God, I don't know what's gonna happen. I might have cancer. I might lose my job. I might get COVID-19. I'm afraid for my country. I'm scared. I'm worried about my job. Whatever it is, we just have to admit that fear to God. And then secondly, we have to ask 
Jesus to give you his power and his strength. You're, you're saying, God, be strong where I am weak. I'm not depending upon myself. I've got to depend on your strength. And so we're declaring that to him. We're, we're, we're offering that to him. We are praying and crying out to him with that plea. And then thirdly, we've got to step out in faith and do the right thing. You know, we've got to take one step in the right direction, uh, one day at a time, right? So the right thing for all of us right now is to do the right thing today, right? You, you, you are called to love your neighbor today, encourage someone today, empathize with someone today, be the light today for someone. First John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. You know, God says love will cast out fear. When our love for our brothers and sisters is greater than our fear, we'll see God move in powerful ways. Imagine seeing a, a man running into a building to grab a burning building to grab his child. He gets the child and he comes back out. And you say, how in the world did he have the courage to overcome his fear of a burning building and run in and get his child? And, and it's simple, isn't it? It was his love for his child. The fear was overcome by a greater power, which was love. The love that was given to him was, was for his child and it overcame his fear. Now, when your love for others is stronger than your fear, we'll overcome self-centeredness, we'll overcome selfishness, and we'll put the needs of others before ours. And we can't do that unless we first receive God's perfect love in our life. And today you need to be aware of God's love. Some of you have never experienced God's love and, and you need to accept that love. You need to receive it in this day of trouble. And, and he offers his love to you by sending Jesus to die in your place. And, and Jesus paid for your sin on the cross and he's offering you forgiveness today. And when you receive God's forgiveness, his love fills you and begins to chase away all of your fears. Now, some of you need to receive that love today. And, and I wanna encourage you to take that next step to commit your life to Jesus, to, to give your faith and, and give your heart to him and, and allow the love of God to fill you in such a way that it begins to cast out all fear. This morning, uh, we're actually going to close with a song that, that I don't want you to, 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 to run away from the screen just yet. Let's allow this song just to, just to come flooding over us that would encourage us that we could sing together, that we, could, we can uh, be engaged in this morning because it really speaks some truth over our fears. It's a song that uh, Fudos Collective has written and, and it's about casting uh, all of our fears on the Lord and, and how he takes those away from us. And so I thought it would be fitting for us to close in that way today. And um, for others of you, man, you would say you are going through a day of trouble, maybe a season of trouble. And I wanna pray for you. And, and uh, for those that, that would say, man, I, I really wanna give my life to Jesus today. I wanna, I wanna help you as well. You can actually text the number that is coming up on your screen right now. And, and if you wanna receive Christ and give your life to him, one of our volunteers will reach out to you and help you make that decision today and pray with you and encourage you. You uh, today. 
Let's pray over our time together right now. Lord Jesus, we come before you facing the day of trouble in our country. And many people today watching are also facing their own version of a day of trouble, whatever it might be. And so Lord, like David, we wanna come before you casting all of our anxiety and casting all of our fear at your feet, recognizing that you are in control, recognizing that you love us, recognizing that that you are always going to be with us, recognizing God that, that in the waiting, you are our God. And the God that, that took care of us in the past is the same God who's gonna carry us through our trouble today. And so we thank you for that. And we trust in you for that today. Lord, heal our nation, heal our country. God, bring us together. And all these things that divide us, God, help. I, I pray that your spirit would just help us unite around love, your love. And may your love flood our soul today and our heart today that we might be able to have love that would then overflow in us and love our neighbors well. Allow Foothills Church to be the salt and the light in this community. May we make a difference, God, for your kingdom and for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.